0: Traveling the
1: Vortex We've joined the War Master as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode 525. Grab your cannons, we're going gardening. I'm Keith.
2: (laughs) I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good. You should never garden without a plasma cannon.
1: (laughs) I'd like to have a plasma cannon for some of the gardening I've been doing, but you know. (laughs) Oh, well, lobbers it will be. (laughs)
0: Did you guys do anything fun this week or these last couple weeks? It's been a while since we recorded again.
1: We went and saw uh, Thor Love and Thunder. So did we. What'd y'all think? I really liked it. I really didn't have any complaints about it. It was a lot of fun. Very enjoyable. Not as good as Ragnarok, but I put second in my Thor list.
0: I think I would concur with those statements. It's it's really good. It's a lot of fun. Um, I do think that it pushes the, just as I think that Multiverse of Madness pushes the horror a little too far, I think Thor Love and Thunder pushed the humor a little too far. Um, there's times where I think it was a little over the top and silly, but overall it was fun and it was a good story. So I'm, I can forgive some of the over top, over the top humor.
1: Well, and after multiverse and the of madness, it felt like such a kind of change of tone that it, I was okay with the silliness of it.
2: I concur with both of you. I, I, I enjoyed it. I don't think it was as good as Ragnarok. Um, I think it was, as much as I enjoyed it, and kind of the over-the-top Flash Gordon nature of the goofiness of it, I think parts of it were maybe a little too goofy, even though they tried to meld some serious aspects to it. Um, but,
0: uh, yeah, no, I, I liked it. Not enough Christian Bale. That would be my other complaint.
2: That that is definitely true. Man, he yeah. was so he was good. good.
0: Um, that's gosh, that's pretty much it. We finished uh, Ms. Marvel, which we I, have twenty minutes left in this last mm, episode, and the kids mm, were like, "I, mm, I want to go to bed." Mm, uh, well, <laughs> then I won't say anything. But I squeed, I squeed a little bit twice. Um,
1: we got to the Ambigun scene, so.
0: Oh, well, I, sorry, I, a, I, I squeed a little bit three times, sorry. I, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> the other, t- the, the second two things overshadowed that, because I got there and went, yay, I'm satisfied, and then they went even further. It's good, though. Gosh, I that that's fast become one of my favorite Disney Plus uh, Marvel series.
1: And, it's been really good. Yeah. I really liked it.
0: And I think that the best part is the, just the the family aspect of it and a peek into the culture. I think that's what I've Mm -hmm. really enjoyed.
1: And it kind of does have that Spider-Man feel to it Mm -hmm. since, you know, it's kind of set in New York, not really, but kind of, and Mm -hmm. she's a teenager with gaining superpowers. So there's a lot of kind of that familiarity that they do in a unique kind of different way because Mm -hmm. of the culture, which is very nice and refreshing.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Agreed. I've been playing a lot of Portal and Portal 2 since it just came out for uh, the Switch. Mm, That's right. Replaying those. They're so good. You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts,
0: Eric Golbranson, Asad
1: and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and nonfiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire who On shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to Traveling the Vortex,
0: Well, did we have anything news happening-wise in the interim here, Keith, that we need to talk about?
1: Nothing major. the only thing I saw was a bit of uh, big finish news that um, they're doing a box set with Ronnie of Mm -hmm. Sarah Jane Adventures set after her time uh, with Sarah Jane. So kind of a, a new series set in that universe, as it were. Which is pretty exciting having her come back as Ronnie.
0: It is exciting. It's it's one of those things though. A few years back, I thought because she had been doing some voice work for Big Finish, I thought this is probably going to happen. They're probably mm-hmm. going to bring her back at that as that character eventually. They're just trying to figure out how to do it or have a story to do it with because she's still been so connected to Big Finish, and of course she's you know been in Doctor Who proper now as a different character. But so I I that was kind of on the forefront of my mind that that would eventually happen. And it has. So that's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: And as, as the first box that it makes the most sense. So Ronnie yeah. takes on the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which I,
1: I'm excited for I always enjoyed Ronnie and any more Sarah Jane adventure esque stories. Sounds like she's going to kind of be like a Sarah Jane, a journalist uh, and fighting aliens. So, you know,
0: <laughs> well, she, she learned both from the best. So,
1: yep.
0: all right well let's move on to review this week we're doing uh, big finish the war masters uh, volume seven self-defense no
1: it can't be my time is up doctor i need i
0: need your help from big finish productions the war master self-defense
2: where is my ship We were hoping you'd be able to tell
1: us that. We were looking for others. Other survivors. Survivors? Of what? A
2: a, a crash? An accident? I I don't remember. Who are you more scared of? The Daleks or your own people? One more word and I will kill you, Cole! (laughs) 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 Ha! Yeah, because if you just kill enough people, that will solve all your problems,
1: won't it? Why are you doing this?
2: (laughs) It's an interesting
1: hypothetical, isn't it?
2: Lord? President Doctor. Under your guidance, the Time Lords might have changed, become more sympathetic, more open. What did you want from me? I want you to stay and witness my fate. Oh, oh, it's
1: back, and it's heading this way. Quick, quick, get hold of anything you can. Come on, oh,
2: you come on, oh, grab the torch. Come come on. Come on. You think you can survive me? I am the Master, and I will destroy you. I'll just end
0: it there big finish for the love of stories
1: the forest of penitence walking in an unusual fir- forest with no memory of how he arrived there the master has little choice but to seek help from other survivors but what is it they've all survived
2: I'm not sure where I fall on this one. Somebody else will have to start us off.
0: You know, I liked this one. I thought it was one of the stronger ones. And I think I liked it because the premise is unique. I like the fact that we've got a prison planet that when you show, when you finally start to show remorse or guilt for anything, then you become part of this forest. And while I sort of thought that I saw a few things coming with it, there were a lot of surprises that happened as well. And so I liked it. I liked the premise. I liked the acting. There were there were little twists and turns, as I say. I didn't expect the... Um, I didn't expect... First of all, when the the tree ends up in the girl's tent, the daughter's tent, yes. I sort of suspected that there must be something there, and the, the, the master's hinting to it very much so. So that came... Um, not so much a surprise, but the especially when they talked about how it was, you know, it was dripping blood and so, but, but nonetheless, I thought that was really some cool imagery. Um, I was surprised by the guy being sort of the, um, warden of this planet. And I liked how even the, the master was even able to turn things on him And have him show some guilt and remorse for something, albeit I sort of saw that coming too, since he was basically the reason for his wife's demise. He just wasn't admitting it yet. Um, But I I thought that was really cool. And I thought that the the master playing that, even though we don't always want to root for the master, but uh, the master (laughs) playing that against him and showing that he has absolutely no remorse or guilt for anything. um, I thought that was kind of clever.
1: Yeah, I agree. I thought the premise was cool. And I would have liked some sort of, you know, reference to the last box set of, well, okay, I was just here. Why am I here now? Since he doesn't have a memory, some sort of acknowledgement that he essentially had become an emperor in the last box set. And now just suddenly is in a forest. Um, but I was able to let that go and, um, kind of go with the story and really enjoyed the ride of it. I thought the characters were all interesting and compelling and, um, hearing the master manipulate his way through the situation where he's not entirely sure what's going on, but has strong
2: suspicions is always quite enjoyable. Yeah. I think in many ways, uh, big finish has kind of become victims of their own success in, in that regard in that, they are not willing to necessarily pin down when mm-hmm. these box sets fall specifically to make it easier to shoehorn in another adventure down the road if they so choose Yeah. Um, and, and so like the old uh you know doctor who serials we're going to stop picking up exactly where we left off um just in case um there, there were elements of this that i did very much like and there were elements that I thought borrowed pretty heavily from other sources. Uh, the idea of a group of people who were deposited on a forest planet who all are uh, criminals or guilty of something uh, sounds very much like uh, predators. Mm-hmm. The idea of people turning into trees, uh, well, the Rani has done that. In fact, for a while I thought maybe we were gonna go there. I was kinda hopeful. <laughs> um so they 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 borrowed some some bits and pieces here and there. Um ultimately I feel like I, I don't know, maybe because of that I I wasn't terribly shocked by any of the revelations. Um learning that the the mom had turned into a tree. Um yeah that that was a kind of right off the bat. Yep, she's not missing, she's the tree. Um, fortunately, I don't feel like we beat around the bush too much on that one, quite literally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then the, the, the next mystery was, well, who is the one that's kind of in control of things? And mm-hmm. there was a little bit of misdirect here because I, I thought it was gonna be the, uh, the one gal. Um, and I, I didn't suspect, um, I'm terrible with these names. Uh, the, the guy wound up being. I didn't suspect him initially. I thought it was going to be the, the the woman that came in with him um, mm. until. Well, Scarp he became a tree.
0: Scarp, I think, is the one that you're saying. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What a terrible name.
0: Actually, it wasn't even Scarp that I thought was going to be the bad guy. It was um, this one. I don't remember. It was uh, I don't it, the guy that kind of had the kind of smarmy the way he talked was a bit smarmy. I thought he was going to cool. be. Yeah. 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 I thought yeah. he was going to be the, uh, the, the adversary in this. And I think that's, that was purposeful so that you kind of went down that direction. Okay. Yeah, this Yeah. He, he was very yeah. obviously the yeah.
2: bad guy. So he was too obviously the bad guy. This guy's <laughs>
0: untrustworthy. So there's going to happen, but yeah, it, it, it doesn't go that way. Um, um I, I can see your, your point with it. It, feeling like it borrowed from a few things. I just think that the, the delivery and execution around that kind of took it away from those other th- things that it borrowed from. So I thought it made it different enough.
2: Yeah. And I, and I, I do like the, the scientific leaning, uh, you know, that it, it wasn't necessarily a supernatural or mm-hmm. anything that they gave us a legit pheromones, you know, it's, it's chemistry that this is what triggers it. And it's like, oh, okay, I you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm fine with that. You've you've, you've you've cemented that for me now. Um, that the, the emotional response that triggers it. And of course, once we go down that road, then it becomes the fun of, well, it's only a matter of time before the master turns the tables on this guy. <laughs> and you can you can almost see him go to work. I, I, I could visually, See Derek Jacoby rubbing his hands together mm-hmm. and relishing the challenge of "Oh, you poor thing, you must have felt terrible." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just just launching right into it and wasting no time. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, it, it was it was overall it was a pretty decent little story.
1: And and for uh, you know we typically don't like at least I typically prefer the master to be one step ahead and this was a situation where he wasn't, but the way it was presented, I was okay with, and I enjoyed the ride of it where it felt like he eventually does get his footing and then becomes one step ahead. Like I like to have him. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, this has it all where it kind of, he starts off on the back foot and winds up on the front foot.
0: Well, that's the thing I don't think he necessarily has to be early on. And so I think that's why it works, Mm -hmm. but, but for him to eventually get there or get there, Sooner than he has in a lot of cases that we've listened to. It it was refreshing to hear it kind of play out that way this time. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the next one, because I'm curious to see what everybody says about this.
1: The Players. On the planet Trabus, the Master discovers a society where nobody is innocent, and only the true crime is to be less successful villain than those around you.
0: A.K.A. Uncle Master tells a story. (laughs)
1: that's the next two stories
0: yeah i didn't care so much about this one um it's not a bad story but it seems to be very cookie cutter by the numbers um the the you know the the master pretending to be somebody else that he's not uh ending up on this planet with this girl pretending to be an emissary and she of course is the um, a head party that goes uh, to start the process of him visiting. She's never seen him before. So, of course, we know exactly who this is going to be when he does show up. There's this political intrigue happening and a power struggle on this planet. I get the impression that the Master's there for something gave me the impression that the Master was there in uh, service to the Time Lords to get something for the Time War but they don't make that too clear. And mm. then the, the master ends up being number one on his back foot the whole time, or no, he's not even on his back foot. He's very careless in this one. He's yes. very flippant yeah. and he's very, and, and I, I never felt like this, never felt like the war master in this the character at all in this entire story. And then it just turns up that it's a revenge plot for a power grab for the, uh, the, the the gal the head gal over the other guy and it's just this weird political move removering that is pretty much for forget forgettable because I don't remember a lot of it but yeah, that's how I don't, I, I don't
1: remember a lot of this one either so I'm in the same boat as you Glenn the
2: the the reason this one is a pretty forgettable and B does not feel like the War Master is because it it quite honestly is very ripped from the pages of Delgado's master it's it, it's it's very much his mo it feels like it's a third doctor adventure that would feature Delgado, and and quite honestly i felt it to be very very reminiscent of um oh what's the one where he's they have the prison and they put the headphones on the prisoners to make them do the, the subliminal. So, um um Mind, mind of uh, evil mind of evil mind mind robber of oh, mind robber yes no oh. no mind robber
0: oh no that mind robber is, second is a doctor, second sorry. mind of evil then right you're right you're yeah, right mind okay. of evil. yeah
2: uh yeah felt felt like mind of evil i mean down down to the fact that this is what we're here for is that we have this institute and these people that are i mean taken to a different scale this one had a lot of setting that i enjoyed i liked the idea of the confederacy and kind of this big star treky uh, thing and una mccormick uh, who's the writer of this mm-hmm. uh, is known in star trek circles i mean, mm-hmm. she, she's yeah. a, a very big author in that regard and so it was kind of cool to have those kind of influences bleed over but i don't think that she necessarily did justice with it because for all of the world building and setting that she had going on there it kind of just boiled down to well let's take the delgado master and we'll plug the war master into it and see what happens. And it just didn't quite work that way. Uh, especially when we get to the the revenge part of the plot that he himself is being used as a tool or may, maybe it's just a piece of convenience, but it really kind of feels like the entire thing in some way has been orchestrated by this other government official just to get at Cato or whatever the guy's name was. Uh, and that the master is, uh, you know, Relatively, um, useless, I don't want to say innocent, but well, <laughs> that, that he, he's been do necessary, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he's been, uh, he's been played.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That, that she, she warns him, don't, don't, don't let him fool you, he's the bad guy. Oh, yeah, I know, <laughs> you don't know who I am, you don't know who you're dealing with, and then, oh, yeah, I just used you to get in there so I could wipe him out, and thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's not what the master's all about. Now, if you give us a good enough counter villain as we had last week discussing um, or was it two weeks ago discussing the empress uh, I guess it was last week and how you know they had that wonderful dance back and mm-hmm. forth because they were they were equals. That's another matter. but to come out of left field mm-hmm. and 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 shock us with this it's 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 meaningless. It's a meaningless yeah. victory for somebody else over the master and it doesn't it doesn't ring true it doesn't ring satisfying. Um, and so it just kind of, it just kind of, the whole thing fell flat and ultimately while there were parts of it that were kind of interesting, it, the whole thing was just like, nah,
0: nah. I also think that, uh, was it Lucia? She didn't feel like, like you, she, this story needed somebody to root for this needed, this story needed somebody to be kind of our. Um, protagonist and it sets it up to be her. But then when she ends up being duped and then she she ends up dying near the end. And and it's like, all of that felt like a waste that she had gone through. And uh, then it felt like she, her, as far as a plot thread was being used in order to set this thing up between Gallia, Cato and, and the master. And so I, I felt like she was then, just kind of cast away in order to get us to this point. So that was another thing. It was disappointing.
2: There was a whole bunch of moving people around on the chessboard just to get him in the position to throw them away, mm-hmm. which was Yeah. Yeah. It was it wasn't worth the effort of playing the game to get to the resolution. And then of and course
1: the tie-in to the time war was a nice touch to it it ultimately is the story itself for me. is just kind of forgettable. Well, and that's just well,
0: it. The, the, the tie in, I think needed to be a little more heavy handed. I think we needed to know a little bit more why he was here without just having a drop, like, Oh, this is the war master. So I should mention the time war. Mm-hmm. I also
2: have problems with the the structure of this. If you're going to do a, 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 for, for lack of a better term, we're doing Trial of a Time Lord in this box set. Mm. We're not going to call it a Trial of a Time Lord, but we're doing Trial of a Time Lord. And we're doing this narrative flashback structure where he's telling a story of a previous adventure. Okay, fine. If you're going to set it up that way, you cannot present other people's <laughs> experiences as mm. part of your testimony because right. you weren't there to witness it. Especially well, in that's... audio. And it bugs the hell out of me when they do that, because it's like, he doesn't know what she was doing out on the street, talking to the leader of the resistance about missing people. He has no clue what went on in that conversation. Mm -hmm. But we need to have that piece of information for the story. Don't the jailers also
1: kind of, or the people who have him on trial, trial, kind of call him out for it as an unreliable
0: storyteller? Yeah, a couple of times, as a matter (laughs) of fact.
1: They acknowledge the flaw of this storytelling method. Yeah. In my but opinion, that's what that's for—is to go. We know that this has flaws, and obviously, there's stuff of this that we can't trust because we don't know, and there's no way he should know. But we're gonna do it anyways.
0: You bring.
2: I think that, I think that line works more as a because he's the master and who he is that you can you can say that about him. And less as a very meta. Yeah, we know that our storytelling is weak. Yeah, <laughs> but. I, I guess if you really want to call attention to it, yeah, well, all right, I'll allow it. But... Yeah, and,
0: and and like Trial of the Time Lord, it's this is a very weak premise to build around. I mean, we we finally utilize the 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 meat of this at the end, but in order to join these three stories, it just didn't feel like it worked very well. Hmm. Well, let's move to the next one, Boundaries.
1: As his companion Cole attempts to save a world, the master discovers an extraterrestrial entity that threatens to spread across the globe. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. This was probably my favorite of the three (laughs) of the four. Go ahead. Uh, I really like just. So the, the premise of the story of, you know, okay. The master's on this planet while his companions trying to save it growing grapes And very concerned about his grapes and his wine, which we've established previously that he grows his own wine and has has his own vineyards. Um, So that continuing thread, I I appreciated the attention to detail there. And then the fact that, you know, a comet crashes and this alien infestation shows up and he goes off to investigate, mostly because he wanted to make sure his vines were going to be okay and falls into this kind of adventure that had a lot of intrigue to me. Um, and meets this woman and goes off with her through the boundary and figures out what's kind of going on and kind of gets vindictive t- towards the alien near the end. Just, I think part of why it was so enjoyable is it was mostly just uh, the master and one other character and you know we get a lot of a lot of the met war master and a lot of the war master that i enjoy listening to of him kind of theorizing and being smart and being clever and figuring out the pieces and you know just there really wasn't much i had to complain about the story it was just really i thought well written and well
2: executed mm-hmm. once again borrowed from other sources this one was uh, very similar to the movie annihilation with natalie portman Uh, in (laughs) which a a meteorite comes and crashes into Earth and begins, uh, like a cancer, altering the genetic makeup of everything around it. And a group of people are sent in to science the crap out of it and figure out what's going on. Uh, But yet, this one really worked for all of the reasons you listed. Um, I wondered if this isn't necessarily, at, at least at this point in time in the Master's timeline, meant to be before when, when when he references, oh, the wine is from my own vineyards, if this is meant to be the vineyard that he's setting up. I think so. Um, which is a, well, a very cool callback.
1: Yeah. And listening to the box and listening
2: to the bonus features, Cole is
1: a, f- a character featured in volume one. So the, that tie-in of, oh, here it kind of does fit back there because of what's
2: going on. Mm-hmm. Of course, I don't know what happens in Only the Good yet. So. Right. But yeah, there's uh, so, so much of uh, the War Master, this part of his persona that just really works and clicks in this story. And to, to the point where as he's recounting this story, you kind of genuinely start to believe him a little bit, that he is concerned, that he is not necessarily working with ulterior motives, that he is not... Well, be, beyond the, I've got to save my grapes. <laughs> that his his uh, he, he's not looking at this thing as a perhaps I can use this as a weapon to drop on some other planet, or perhaps this will, you know, when when he makes the comment about oh, it it takes longer to uh, you know, convert uh, inanimate material or inorganic material, mm-hmm. uh, it's not done with a malice to it that oh, darn, I was going to use it against the Daleks. You know, that, that's not something that's running through his mind during this whole process. It's just a comment for the scientific endeavor of, of what's going on. And so through the whole thing, you're getting a very almost doctor-like master. Yeah. Which is a really interesting take on it. And it's not until the end when the shoe drops... And when his
1: companion, when he thinks his companion's been
2: killed, yeah, which is interesting. When he talks about the the mental assault that he's been under with this thing, and that he's kind of played along with getting to know her because he, he, he tells her right up front you have to get to know something before you can destroy it. And that that's what he's been doing is he's been allowing them to fiddle around with bits and pieces of his mind until he knew exactly how everything worked and he had control of it. And then he unleashes this verbal torrent of how dare you and goes full on Derek Jacobi master on him, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: which is the highlight of the whole box set. (laughs) that's that's a, a that, that's just a pinnacle of acting right there that was like wow and it's an incredible moment
0: i don't think i could say anything more <laughs> you guys have you guys have kind of covered it all um i, I stunned glenn into silence i wow. you know i moment. i was just trying to think if there was anything that i could add to it i mean you guys are right it's it's a good story um i don't know that it's well maybe it is the best of all of them um I sort of like the nature. I guess what I really liked about it is there's always from um, just about right after the thing starts to the resolution. They're always in this story feels like there's that impending doom. It's like mm-hmm. the, the, the tension in the, the, uh, uh, that the story portrays right up until the end is what's really fun about it because you're, you're just tensed up listening to it, trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Are they going to be able to get you know away from this or out of this? Is the master infected with this, whatever it is that, that everything else has been infected with. So that, that is what I liked about it was the fact that it's, it's compelling all the way to the end because you, it keeps you in this tense state of, Oh my gosh, how, obviously he's going to get out of it, but how are we going to get out of this? And then moving on to the last story, the last line. At the mercy of an
1: ancient and powerful race, the master calls upon his oldest friend in his hour of need. The problem is he doesn't recognize this incarnation of the doctor, while the doctor knows this master all too well.
0: I honestly, um, I honestly wondered how the heck they were going to do this, and then when <laughs> when they revealed how they were going to do this, I thought, oh, well, of course. Hmm. This is a this is a sequel. This is a sequel to Utopia, where now one knows the other and doesn't, you know, can't divulge that information.
2: It would be easy to give this one a really big done and a, just because David Tennant shows up and it's a sequel to Utopia and we get more Tennant and Jacoby and yay and and especially with the way that the last one ends, which is also part of its amazing charm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to going to call for help. Oh, he won't let me down and you're just immediately <laughs> you know. Um so there's that. Unfortunately, while this one has a lot of very strong points going for it, I don't know that it gels quite as well as it maybe needs to for the anchor piece of the box set. Um, I think it's interesting. I, I think the... There are a lot of cool ideas with this, um, you know, kind of self-imposed prison and... Uh, the, oh, what are they? The nanites and uh, the, uh, the... The girl with... Uh, being able to kind of hold the consciousness of a time lord and uh, all all of these things that are put in place with this mental prison. And yet... The gymnastics that we have to go through to thwart all of this and get out of it, in in some ways, it just feels like a bridge too far.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: it, it mm-hmm. You, you get to the end of it, and it just kind of feels like, and the doctor did something clever and we're out. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It feels like, it feels like one of those rushed TVs, no. you know, those climaxes that's like, okay, cool, he got out of it. Yeah. But My... then we turn it around and do something cool where, oh, but this was all a setup that this, you know, and, and the master comes out on top once again. And, uh, you know, there was a, it was a trick. It was a trap. Of course it was a trap. We knew it was a trap. The doctor told us it was a trap and it was a trap, um, which, you know, adds to the allure and the, the mystique and the, the, the majesty of, of the war master. Um, and puts him back on on top as it were um but yet then that kind of while satisfying suddenly begins to poke all kinds of holes in the previous three adventures because Mm -hmm. you have to wonder well now how much of this did you really go through because you seemed really lost in the forest are you telling me that all of that was done you woke up you had no memory of how you got there but that was all part of your master plan or did you come up with this master plan while you were sitting in the prison
1: i, th- I think the idea was you he know. came
2: up with the master plan while he was sitting
1: with in the prison
2: yeah i mean it, he it had been talk his way of out of opportunity so,
1: yeah <laughs> I, I think so because i think because the first story is obviously he's not retelling the story so that's what was happening and then because he survived that he got taken off to this prison get put on trial instead you know
0: you i think you're exactly right and he,
1: he's just, he just worked out okay if i can get the mass the doctor here i can do this this and this mm-hmm. and then i'll be fine yeah, yeah. he's,
0: he's got to put all the pieces in place um this also too lends me to especially works best for the players the boundaries was was a much better story but that the since these are well as we said the the master is an unreliable narrator the other two stories you have to wonder how much he indulged on those two did those the things mm-hmm. that that took place in these adventures that he was describing actually take place the way that he described them because he yeah. was setting all of this up um this particular story for me the story is weak if not predictable but what makes the story so good and i'm with you sean that, that it's just varying degrees of giving it the big dun 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 what makes it so enjoyable is the Shakespearean dance that the doctor and the master do in this entire story and the conviction that both actors and characters put into the dialogue uh, from both sides of what, what is happening and their interaction, their ability to be able to play off of each other and now finally get the doctor being able to interact with the war master rather than professor Yana I think it was the icing on the cake. And I think mm-hmm. that for me is what made this enjoyable was just listening to the back and forth and each one trying to figure out how to maneuver the other. And, and the, you know, the doctor not wanting to contem- condemn the master to death, but also not able to say, well, yeah, he's not guilty. And then the master playing the doctor in such a way that it's like, well, I brought you here as my only defense because you're a friend and you know me better than anybody else. And then turning it on its head and, well, he's, he's been manipulating this situation the whole time. That, I think, was the what is masterful about this story is the interaction between the two characters.
1: Yeah, I would I would definitely agree. It's the two of them talking and working it all out and then the doctor going away and doing his own thing. The story kind of dips and is kind of a that's when it kind of falls into those or oh, the doctor does something clever and gets out of it sort of situation is mm-hmm. the, the story is at its strengths when it's, you know, focused on the dialogue and the two of them talking and coming to grips with what's going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then even when the doctor tries to go and appeal to the case, it's like, this is pointless. It's almost like there's parts of it that are killing time in order to get the doctor maneuvered to a situation to, almost get him into trouble as well
0: mm-hmm.
1: all just to show that the, this was that to have the twist come that it's all been the master's plan knowing that the doctor would act these ways and that these this trial would go this direction so he could escape yeah. which seeing it how it all you know fits together at the end is really clever
2: but getting there in the middle of the story kind of just dips a little bit mm-hmm And that's one of the wonderful things about the, the relationship between the master and the doctor is knowing how predictable they both are in regards to each other that, you know, the, the, the doctor is, we, we've all kind of seen it happen where he's this, this ball of unpredictability, no one will know what the doctor's going to do next but the master seems to delight in knowing that that's exactly what the doctor's going to do next is something unexpected. And it's going to play right into his plan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Overall, the the box, the box set's good. It's, uh, I, uh, continuing to enjoy, um, Sir Jacoby as the, um, the, the war master. Um, I'll be kind of glad to kind of go back to, um, the, first box set stories next week so that we can kind of get a feel for where they started from, even though the, these particular stories we're about to listen to happen later in, in, you know, the, the chain of events. Um, however, then knowing that we'll have another war master to visit again in December because volume eight will come out then. So we'll just have to figure out when to get it in, (laughs) if it's even necessary to get it in since a lot of these, although this was one that again, that finally at least, had a reference to the time war um but if they don't connect so much then it might not be as important to slip that four master box set in later in december yep
1: they all say who, who is who?
0: do you collect doctor who do you have doctor who items and you don't know you collect doctor who For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Resspergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. All right, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Well, as you just mentioned,
2: we're going back to the beginning, as it were. Uh, the War Master, Only the Good, which is the first box set. We've already listened to the first story, Beneath the Viscoid, uh, so we'll be doing stories 2, 3, and 4 uh, to finish off that box set. And that will also finish off Act 1 of The Time War. Uh, which is uh, our year-long project of going through all of the Big Finnish stories uh, and other various media that uh, kind of encompass this uh, massive uh, undertaking. And uh, beyond that, then we'll take a break from the Time War in between acts uh, to cover uh, the audio drama Doctor Who Redacted, which uh, we can give you a sneak peek and say uh, is a must-listen to, at least according to Glenn. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm on, my, I'm on my second round on these now, so it's been the second time to listen to it.
2: And then back into it with uh, Act 2 and a couple of short trips, so uh,
0: stay tuned for more. Keep checking the website, vortex.com for updates. If you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by clicking on the Patreon link on our website, or yeah, Patreon link on our website. Uh, patron, Patreon, they interchanging those words and uh, consider supporting us also please consider giving us a five star review wherever you subscribe to the podcast and make sure you join in the conversation in our listeners forum on Facebook anything else before we close this show if not until next time I'm Glenn I'm Sean no, I'm Keith cheers
1: good night everybody be seeing you thanks for listening